0: Okay, this is how you do it, because you will get all messed up in your head with this kind of thing. You need to make your channel visually the way you would want to sit and watch your channel, because you're going to be spending hours editing it.
1: Hello and welcome to the Sneaky Art Podcast. I'm your host, Nishant Jain, with a special episode today. This mini episode reconnects us with an older episode, which I think you might have heard. It is, in fact, the most popular episode of this podcast by a big margin. I'm talking about episode 38 with Tennessee based artist, YouTuber, and overall fantastic person, Sandy Hester. Nearly everyone who listens to this show has also heard that episode. But in case you've not, I suggest you do it right now. <laughs> really, just stop listening to me and play episode 38 instead. I'll be waiting. Okay, with those guys out of the way. Even from the people who have heard this episode, few of you have heard the bonus segment that we recorded afterwards as a postscript. I'm saying postscript in quotation marks. I'm taking it out from behind the paywall. It was recorded exclusively for Sneaky Art Insiders as part of my 2022 resolution to learn in public to share what i know and to not gatekeep any good ideas when i started the sneaky art insider club last year i was looking for a way to connect with the people who really love this show and are willing to support my efforts to make it in the way that i want and once i started picking up insiders i thought about different ways that i would repay these wonderful people i was So ecstatic to have actual patrons, but also at the same time quite anxious. Why were they supporting my work? What would they want? What would I need to do in order to keep their attention? Now, this anxiety is not unique to me. It is shared by pretty much every creator on the internet. One of the ideas I explored was recording the long goodbyes with my guests that were already happening off the air as the guest and I would relax and wind down from our long conversations. And another idea was that because this is only an audio show, that we could maybe draw portraits of each other. Both of these were ideas built around simply having fun. And this was the fun that I wanted to communicate with the people that most love the podcast. And so that's what Sandy and I did as well. We drew each other, and then we just talked about whatever came to our minds. Actually, I did have a couple of questions that I simply had not been able to bring up during the flow of our conversation, and I was eager to ask them in the postscript. Now, working in a visual medium, I'm aware of the enormous value of having a great YouTube channel. But recording myself on camera makes me cringe. So... My questions for Sandy were around this. One, how could I make a YouTube channel work for me? Uh, That is to bring me new audiences and to also improve my work without getting aggravated by the whole process of having a YouTube channel. Number two, how could I make it sustainable without disrupting the rest of my workflow? You will like this conversation if you too have self-doubt about sharing your work with an unknown audience, if you too have considered entering YouTube but are intimidated by the apparent magnitude of the task, and if you too have enjoyed episodes 38 and 39 with Sandy Hester. If you would like to see the portraits that we drew of each other, find the link in the show notes to do so, Also, in the episode description, you can find links to my other postscript conversations with guests from episodes 28, 29, 32, and 37. I gradually phased out doing these recordings after getting some wonderful feedback from my insider club that they did not actually want me to paywall anything either. I had shared my general discomfort with paywalling content and good ideas and It made me so happy to hear that these thoughts were also supported by the people who were supporting me. I can honestly say that I have the best kind of supporters who want me to do only exactly the things that I also want to do. So thank you so much for your generosity and support, everyone that supports me via Substack and everyone that also drops in to buy me a coffee. You're the reason that today's episode happened, so this one's for you. So which sketchbook are you using?
0: Um, I'm going to be using art creation sketchbook. So I'll use this page. Okay. Yay. I don't know if I can talk and sketch at the same time. (laughs) Is that what we're doing? Are we chatting in?
1: Sort of, yeah. So this drawing is something that I'll share with patrons. And um, I think of interesting things that I want to talk about, you know, once the real conversation is done because inevitably what happens is that we end up like guests end up chatting for a few minutes after. So I sort of want to ask you as somebody who's trying to now get into more video content, I'm a little nervous about making video content. I have issues with putting myself out there in that sense. So I think I'm just looking for some advice. What is a good uh, low investment way to get started? And to to be, you know, not just get started, but to be more regular with this kind of thing, because that's the only way it's going to work if I make a lot of stuff.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Well, so I want to get into the habit of making videos for YouTube. Okay. And before I think about whether they're doing well, and I don't know how I should start. So I keep worrying about whether I need to buy, you know, I need to buy the so-and-so camera. How good do I need to be okay. at editing? Things like this. Right. So what's what's like, how should I answer these hesitations?
0: So all the advice that I had heard before I started YouTube was just start making. Don't buy mm-hmm. a bunch of equipment. Just get in there because your first lots of videos are going to be your worst ones. Like they're right. not going to be good. And once I did that i was like oh yeah well you do think they're really good but they're not <laughs> <laughs> um you because you can spend all the time you know you're like oh yeah but they're not later you realize oh these weren't actually really all that good uh-huh um oh man it's so hard to talk and sketch Sean. oh man <laughs> and i'm feeling the fracture because you're gonna be sure yeah um, okay let me answer the question then i'll go back to sketching so just start a lot of even really good YouTubers are just using their phone so you use your phone you don't have to strap with a camera or any of that because you don't even know if you're going to like it you really need to like it to be able to do it because it may take a long time before it's paying off I think people mm-hmm. would be stunned at how little I get paid and the amount of time that I put into it Right, And I can't remember if it was two years or one year before I got monetized, but you have to have a thousand subscribers and like 4,000 watch hours before you start getting paid. And then when you do start getting paid, like it's it's not much. <laughs> and I don't mind sharing uh, prices and stuff with you or like how much I'm getting paid, but it's not much if you just look monetary. I right. wanted to use it. I, I knew it was a way that I could get myself out there. So it'd be my own way of marketing. It's something I could put in my hands to do because I wasn't doing very well at marketing myself with galleries and things like that. Right. And it was also a way to be able to teach and inspire. A whole bunch of things could be done in this. So that's why I don't mind putting the time into it and all the things that I talked about, you know, in our interview of why I like it, but it's a massive time-consuming thing. Massive. and. Once you get into it, there's financial, you know, I'm having to buy, I've had to buy equipment. There's, um, what are the things that you plug into your computer, the store, your stuff, hard drives. I mean, they're, (laughs) you know, just stuff like that. This this
1: act of you not being tech savvy is not going to (laughs) go very well. You can't pretend to not know what hard drives are.
0: (laughs) I'm not pretending.
1: What are the things you use today? Like when you go out to draw and you know that you want to make a video out of it, what are the tools you carry just for the YouTube?
0: If I'm going out
1: and
0: about, just my phone. I don't try to take my nice camera because I don't want to have to worry about, uh, you know, messing things up. So I just take my phone. We are going to be working on a video this year. Like that's a paid video for people about landscapes. I do my landscapes and we probably will take the camera and I'll have Grady filming and stuff like that but when I'm doing you know things for YouTube I'm just grabbing my phone because you can get good 4k footage with that it's not great sound always but it's fine I mean people are there because of the personality because you give them stuff that's I mean people are always saying wow you you give a lot for free and I've had people tell me like people are really big in the industry That have really good art businesses say, like, kind of reprimand me and say, You're giving too much away for free. But I do get a lot back, and I'm growing. I am getting paid. I'm making a really good. uh, So you can just look at what you monetize, what you're getting from YouTube. That's one section. But then I also get paid because of the affiliate I have with Blick. I get paid when people buy things from click on the links. I get paid about the same amount as I do from YouTube, which at this point is like uh, bl- a YouTube I get. I mean, do you mean say prices? Is that even interesting? No, you don't now? have
1: to do that. But are you also okay. taking ideas from people who are starting Patreon and, you know, they're interacting with people on a, a different no, basis? No,
0: I just, I think it's a lot like my art. I just am doing things the way that I'm doing. Early on, yes, I would look at things and think, oh, I'll try to do that. And then it's kind of like, I don't have the capacity for that. So I just pick up the camera. I found that you don't have to, you can just tell little bits. If you think about how a TV show is or a commercial, there's just a, you, you can just give snapshots. You don't have to show the whole sketch. You don't have to show how you did the whole painting. You can pick up the camera and just show a little bit to entice and to give a visual um, picture of what that is. Just like what I'm going to do today. I've already gotten all my materials together. I'm going to pick up the camera, show a little bit of that, tell some interesting things that I did to my palette. Um, And then just whenever I remember to pick up the camera, pick it up, say something real quick, show us a few of the sketches. And then later when I'm editing, I fill in the gaps of things that I didn't say or show then. So I'm just kind of filming as my life is going. And often I'm like, uh, Sandy, hello, did you forget that whole like story that you were doing or showing the series of paintings or whatever? Right. But then I've got those. I pull out the sketchbook and tell it and show it and nobody knows that I didn't do it like all right, right then.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point because I, I think I've been uh, taking on the stress, thinking that I need to speak off the cuff, but it needs to be everything and it needs to be perfectly said and You know, so the oh, I think
0: that's the best way. Is when it's more just no. I mean, maybe yes. There are channels where it's more. You're just not going to get that with me. All the perfectly.
1: Yeah, because I'm not a like. I think those channels are the people whose primary work is their YouTube, and YouTube is intended to be a way for me to reach people. But it's not what my work is. I don't want to be a YouTuber first, right? So I wanna find you know, that way to do it sustainably and fit it into my life without it being stress.
0: So and that's what I do. I just pick up the camera. The editing is the hard part, Sean, It's not the filming. The filming is right. actually really easy. Unless you're gonna make sure everything's all perfect and that. but it just really doesn't have to be. What what are you what do you have envisioned? Are you thinking about your stuff like when you're out and about sketching?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. <laughs> I, I want to, one thing I want to do is I want to take people with me when I go sketching. And would be great. Um, so I would like to ideally do that with my phone, because again, I don't want to be too conspicuous in public. Right. Um, right. I want to talk a bit, but I want to show them what I see. So this process of distillation, like we were talking about, how uh, how I go about looking and then filtering out things and choosing what I want to draw. So that's a journey I want to take people on. And yes. there are, of course, a million different ways to do that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the second thing I want to do is I want to be able to have a camera at my desk here. And yeah. I want to be able to share some of these thoughts. So, for example, you and I have spoken for more than three hours. Um I'm going to listen to this episode again later and I'm going to write a little bit about it and I'm going to have more thoughts about certain things that I didn't say to you or I didn't that didn't occur to me then. I do share them in writing, but you know, there are certain people who are reading you and then there are certain people who would more happily watch you say it or listen to you say it. Yep. So I want to have an element of my uh, channel, which is just me talking into the camera about the ideas I have and the ideas that I imbibe from talking to people on the show.
0: Okay, pause. So you do that, you sit down, share mm-hmm. that. And then later what you do, you know what you've already said. And so you bring in clips of those kinds of things. Well, when I was packing, so you, so then you can do a quick, it's not a 10 minute, you know, you may pack for 10 minutes, but you don't show all of that. That's boring. You need right. to just show the, okay, here, it's all laid out. I'm about to put it in the bag kind of thing. And um, one of the rules that I heard early on was every, You don't need to have a clip longer than 10 seconds.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, I mean, you can be talking, but then like, um, so like if I'm painting and showing that I don't show that longer than 10 seconds before I change the camera kind of thing. Um, so that can be part of it. And then if you want to overlay clips of that and you can be collecting those little bits while you're out and about. I think actually that would be a great, knowing you and what your art is and what you do. That's what I would say I would want to see, you
1: know, from you. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's good to know. That's, that's useful because uh, I feel like I'm so close to my own work. I never know what, like, this is always a question for me. What is it that people want to see from me? Like, what should I, what should I do? What is it that, you know, what's a waste of time? And I I get inside my own head and then I just overthink these things.
0: Okay, this is how you do it, because you will get all messed up in your head with this kind of thing. You need to make your channel visually the way you would want to sit and watch your channel, because you're going to be spending hours editing it. If you're kind of this urban sketcher mindset that you want your thing to be about, think about what you've shared with new urban sketchers. Think about back when you were new to it, And what you would want to know and see. So that's one way to think about it. But then the thing that has to go with that is to say, do I even want to take the time to film that and say that and show that? Okay. So you've got to enjoy wanting to watch it and see it and film it because that's all the work. And if you are enjoying it and make it visually what you want to say and to see yourself as you're editing it, other people will too. I'm always just stunned when people are like, what do you want to see on my Instagram? People are here because you've been giving them what you wanted to share. So just do that right. And then, so I think that's one category of way that you can think about how to um, share videos, but then also think about it from the aspect of the person that has been doing it for a while. And that's somebody that's quite comfortable in it what would you say to them and show them because there's those people out there too and the newbies can learn from that also but we want to see what it looks like to be seeing on a train and do that I mean Sean I think we don't even think about things like do you set those under your lap do you set them on a tray do you keep it in your bag there's things like that but if we get so in our head about it needs to look like so-and-so's channel or this you just need to film in a way that feels comfortable that also it all needs to do this Michelle. shop this listen this is definitely from somebody who's been doing this and who's somebody that you're doing podcasts and already seeing that it's taking time away from your art you need to be putting things in your life that feeds your art so for me creating art is at the high, top of the hierarchy and you, grady and i are always discussing things will be an opportunity And he'll say, I think that's really going to get in. Are you sure you want to do that? Yes, that's good money, but that's going to take away from your time of creating art. And I'm I'm already squeezed. So I'm like, nope, that goes then. But my YouTube is feeding that. It takes a lot of time away from it, but somehow I have more time creating now. And I don't know how that works. Like we talked about you know, in the (laughs) podcast, but other things, maybe if it's for a very short time, that's going to take away from creating that one thing. But I'm only putting things in my life that are actually going to help it. So that means even this, when you're filming and stuff, if you're out and about, you need to take some days that you don't do any filming. But, but if you're, let's say there's a snapshot of a day, right? You've decided you're not going to film at the day that you need to take a break, but oh, the sketch turned out really good. Or oh, I just dropped all my supply. There's something, right? So take a snapshot of that. I mean a little quick video of that yeah yeah yeah. um and then you can plug that in in ways so i don't feel like i have to tell the whole story it's not like okay going out today and it's paint and film day it's just that i pick up the camera really quick and we'll show little bits and i can fill in the blank later with either talking about it uh and i don't know if that comes across does it come across in my youtube does it feel choppy or do you
1: no, you know, not at all. Like it feels just right. I look at your channel and that has told me that I don't need to be showing everything. Like that's not what I want to see. Like I like that you skip over certain things and then I, I can connect A e to B and that's okay. I'll, like, that's not the relevant part. You skip to the relevant bits and uh, I have taken that lesson from your work. And I really like what you're saying about centering the art because like two things. Firstly, centering the art and the second is to work to my taste. What would I watch? Because uh, firstly, I do feel like I'm spending less and less time actually on the page drawing. And I want to yep. change that. Yep. I want to I want spend more time making things because if I yep. draw once a week, I don't take risks. I want to draw five times a week so that I don't mind letting four drawings be whatever. I need that spirit back again. Yep. And the second thing is that... I like it's a problem with the young artists also that, you know, you externalize, you start thinking, what do people want to see rather than what do you want to make? And it's taken so much uh -uh. time with art and writing both to accept that I should do what satisfies me. And thinking of myself as a video person, I again, go back to that external idea that what is it that people want to see? What is it that's trending? What is it that's, you know, I think that's the event. worst
0: thing to do. Spend a lot of time looking at what others to, to decide what you want to do. I think it is absolutely the worst way to do things. You get so confused in your head. feels overwhelming. You've set yourself up. Failure. Um, nobody starts off doing what you're watching anyways. They're started off with terrible videos and fumbling around and figuring out. There's so much to it, and I can't even put it in words, of even just camera angle and lighting and where you there's it's it's quite overwhelming I've had talks with plenty of friends that have wanted to start YouTube channels and none of them have and I'm like oh no I've either done a good job of setting up expectations or I've talked them out of it because it's a lot there's a huge learning curve now you're technical so you're not technically challenged like me that was a big learning curve but there's still a lot to it so that's why I say just get started and I think it's a great time for you if you do want to do it because this would be my recommendation, my advice. Uh, I think it's not easy to do. I know it because I'm doing it. It's, it's easy now because I'm just used to doing it. Just being who I am and what I am and showing what I'm doing. But it does it first because you've got the camera, you get kind of camera shy and it feels like you want to just show the good things because maybe that will get people in. But if you're about to start on this new journey of, I want to start experimenting and I want to start playing. Not the easiest things to combine, starting a YouTube channel and that, but it would be great to bring your followers on the beginning of the journey because people can relate with you, not only newbies, but people that have been doing it a while could be like, maybe I I am stuck in my stuff. So it's something that relates with a lot of different people. And also we just are people that like to observe other people. As an artist who has her own supplies, I still like to see how other people store their supplies, carry their supplies, use their supplies. And to think about it in a way, you're interviewing people, Nishant, and you're asking good questions. So um, show the viewers those same things and don't doubt yourself. We do want to know the what things about yourself like what supplies how you're carrying it the bag that you're using whatever how you're picking the location so you already know what you want to ask of others other advice would be this sometimes when it's all over the place stuff that I'm putting together in a vlog one of the things I had to do early on you think that you're all funny and that everybody wants to hear this and this and I started realizing I think I'm blabbing on about stuff that really doesn't uphold the story. So I would just say to myself, if this does not, if this is not part of the story or help the story, it needs to go because it's just a bunch of blobity blob at this point or pulling out for something else. And I feel like I got a little bit better with my storytelling with that. Like this really, this long little rant that I just took, does that need to be there now?
1: I'm glad to hear these words because, you know, all of this naturally suits the kind of person I am. I want to be quick about it. I know that the only way I'll get a lot of stuff done is if I don't spend too much time because then I'm going to have to rewatch watch that in the edits and I'll just irritate myself more.
0: And also, um, there's a huge learning curve. You also need to have really reasonable expectations, but it may take a long time for you to even get to a thousand subscribers. I feel like this is a really bad time to get into YouTube. I think it was a bad time for me. I think I'm putting out really great content. And I know that one, because when people come, they stay. If you look at my ratio of how many subscribers, the views that I'm getting, yeah,
1: it's very good.
0: You don't have that anywhere else, and so yeah. I mean it's it's very, very high, as a friend of mine said, it's up to the YouTube gods who <laughs> YouTube shares with and who it doesn't. I've had to work really hard for my viewers, and I do love that I'm still at a place where I can communicate with them and keep a relationship. I would also be careful about listening. I do get good feedback from my audience and I'm kind of sometimes like, okay, good. That's, they want that and they like that. But then they also ask for things that I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to give that to you because that's not in my ability to enjoy a tutorial Mm -hmm. from start to finish overhead. You know what I mean? It's like, that's just. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I I agree. I understand. And I completely agree with that. Like I am very uh, individualistic and creatively I'm very opinionated about what I want to do and what I don't want to do so yeah and like this podcast for example like people tell you all the time two things firstly it needs to be half an hour secondly it needs to be video and I don't want to do that like I don't want to constantly think about I'm a little camera shy and I don't want to constantly think about you know three hours of me on YouTube and my guests always might not be comfortable being on video the whole time so I don't want to go through that and Like you were talking about short conversations, you know, I think short conversations are a big problem because what happens is, and I'm sure you've been interviewed in this way also, you do a 20 minute interview or you email them your replies. What happens is, you know, you just stay on the surface. It's the same things that you say to everyone that you just say again, because that's what they're looking for. In fact, I told Grady
0: yesterday, I said it was such a good interview because he didn't ask some questions that have already been asked. I told him, I said, I bet at some point I'm not going to want to do these interviews because everybody just asked me the same thing.
1: I, yeah. don't wanna, I don't want to ask people about the materials they use. Like that's such an irrelevant question. It's not about which brand did you buy. Like that's not what made you an artist and that's not what I'm curious about.
0: Yeah, that's no. cool. I had a couple of thoughts that I wanted to throw out about YouTube stuff. One, if there's any equipment that I would encourage that you get is some kind of overhead, something, an arm and get as long of one that you can get because people see arms that seem simple, but you don't realize how high up you have to get if you're going to show anything. Um, also, does your wife go with you much when you're out sketching? When you're out sketching,
1: Not most of the time. Only when we're okay. traveling.
0: Okay. Well, put the camera in her hand. Those are great opportunities. Hey, capture me. It's good B-roll. It's good just so um, whatever camera or if you use the phone. It's also nice because if you're using your phone, she can use her phone and mm-hmm. use storage on her phone <laughs> so instead of just your phone. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, teach her, at, especially after you're learning um, angles and things like that. I mean, I do that with Grady all the time here. I need you to film and make sure it's this and don't get up in my face like you're always done and stuff so, you know, <laughs> this kind of stuff. Um, and then there was a third thing. Oh, I just use iMovie for my editing software. Yeah, I think people yeah. would be surprised about that, but it's free. And if I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. That's how <laughs> I feel. And um, I had a friend that said, you know, if you're not frustrated with that, then don't move because there's a big jump when you have to to change to a different I mean you've probably know you may know other editing systems but I know
1: I've been using iMovie of late as well and I love how how quick and easy it is like it's very intuitive and I intend to stick with it like I I, there there are other things I know that are free also but they're super complicated yeah iMovie just looks simple and it works simply so I'm going to stick with it for a for a long time now
0: and all the issues, all the things that I saw others maybe doing that I wanted to do, like putting words on the screen and stuff, things that I couldn't do, and that I was limited with iMovie, I was able to figure out kind of janky ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Other, other ways, and maybe I'm taking longer by doing that. I don't know, but um, it's just been simple. I just use really everything is really simple for me, my tools. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had bought some things, some. Um, gimbals, I like bought two different gimbals that we've spent money on and don't use those at all. I mean, there's just things that always look really enticing. And then when you get them, it's like, oh, nobody said that you have to calibrate that every single time you put your camera on that. Or, I mean, you really want, or at least I do, I want quick, quick, quick. I need to be able to grab yeah, that thing, yeah. take it. I don't want to change a bunch of settings. Um, I don't, there's already enough set up that has to happen. <laughs>
1: I I completely agree. Like, that's exactly the solution I'm looking for. Just something that I can grab and go and hit a button and it started and I do it and then I switch it off. And that's all I want to think about. Like, I don't want to get. So a lot of like I looked at a few videos and YouTubers are talking about the cameras they have. And I know that I don't want a cam. Like, I don't want a DSLR camera. Like, I'm not going to carry that around. I love my
0: new camera. I just got a new camera. I spent forever researching and I love it. Do you use it outdoors? Yes. Or do you
1: use it? Well,
0: I'm, I mainly use my phone. I'm not doing a ton outdoors. We are going to be, but yes, it's great for outdoors too. I mm-hmm. uh, cannot remember what it is right now. Where is it? I, were, or, uh, I mean, it's just a small, actually, it's right here. Yeah. I did add an extra lens to it. It's a Sony, uh, what is it? Sony ZV-1. It's mm-hmm. Been great. I don't have to um do any of the settings. Just the just the what's the setting that I'm trying to think of? That's just just set it. Uh,
1: sure, the default.
0: Yeah, yeah, The default. Right. Um, it works great. My other camera had a really good vlogging camera too, and I had to um, change the settings all the time. It drove me crazy. But it's been a great, great, great camera, and it's small, nice and compact. Um, I did add a microphone and an extra lens to it so I could get a little bit wider view. But your phone does great too. I do a lot of my b-roll footage or something that I just need to like grab something real quick and do an overhead, just a quick little I need to I've talked about this and I didn't do any footage of it. Turn the light off, do the footage and can send it straight to my computer. It's super easy that way. So um. yeah.
1: This is this is already useful. I've read about the Sony ZV one and I've been thinking if I need it, but I think I'll hold off on that decision until I reach a level of comfort with having a YouTube channel. You may not even
0: like it. may not not even enjoy doing it.
1: Exactly right. And I want to to, uh, hit on that workflow, which will be quick for me, you know, not only quick, like I don't want to become a filmmaker. I just want to know these three or four tricks that work for me and my style, like how I want to record things, how I want to say things, how I want to edit things, and just... Get into that zone of doing that uh, regularly. If I can do that with some something coming out every week, that's the biggest uh, takeaway for me. Really. With what
0: you're doing, if you're going to be out and about, I would use your phone because you're always going to have that with you. Mm-hmm. And the next step I would encourage you to do if you add something to it would be a GoPro that you could wear on your body because yeah. then you don't even have to think about it. You can probably, my guess is, start it with your phone also. Because that way it would be cool to have really cool shots of you like getting on the bus or yeah. walking down the road, sitting like, and then it's just there and it's capturing it. You maybe can wear some on your head. I don't know. Um, Grady's been thinking about getting some like that for me since I'm going out and about more. But I've been thinking like,
1: I just, if yeah. I can wear it, that's the best solution.
0: The negative to it is that you don't have a screen that you can't see. I don't mm. know if it has something from your phone that you can see it, but you know, it would be cool if you had that and was wearing it and they could just hold your, Sketch up, you know, something like that right. to be able to catch it. Um, right. But you wouldn't know if that's a view unless you could, I don't, maybe, I don't maybe know. Maybe, maybe like do
1: it two, three times and then fail and then figure out what's the angle at which it sort of works. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. So I don't want to keep you for too long. I know that we uh, thought about 15 minutes, but I really want to see the sketch you made.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm always like, well, it's not very again. I mean, it was just a really quick.
1: Lesson. I like it. Yay. Yeah. And here's, here's what here's I made.
0: Oh, awesome. What did you use? Did you use I used more? my
1: fountain pen.
0: Is that your fountain pen that you've talked about? as like a game changer?
1: Yeah, pen? the There's... Lamy Safari.
0: Lamy Safari. I started to write that down this the is other the day. Uh, Why do you wait. like that so much?
1: I really I like it because know... so I go everywhere with it. It's easy to carry. Uh, I really like using ink. I don't have to fish around for things like this is my one stop thing. I have this and I have one fine line for the borders and the fills. And that's it. So I don't want to take decisions about my tools. And Mm. this is super sturdy. Like I've used this thing every day for the last four years. And can I see the nib. Sure. Yeah. Okay.
0: Is it real smooth or is it like.
1: It's, it's so smooth. It's It's so nice. You know, uh, you were talking about the tactile sense of using tools and I love the tactile sense that I get from fountain pens because mm. I love the way it flows and the way that it the the little bit of friction that it sometimes so you what you're thinking about uh, the friction you're thinking about the dip pens they have a lot mm. of friction but yeah, fountain pens don't have that much friction they're a lot smoother and silkier on paper so it's it's because they're better for writing, right, than than a oh, dip okay. pen. So it's really, okay. really smooth and very easy.
0: That's so cool. You did a great job with the background on here there. Yeah. Pretty...
1: So uh, please fun. hold up the drawing once more. I want to take okay. a screenshot. And... Okay. Okay, here I am. Uh, yes. One, two, three. Got it. Yay.
0: Fun. Yay. Okay. That, did that make your, like, longest interview yet?
1: The six-month review of this chat would say that I ended up not putting my time and energy into YouTube, but the lessons I took from it have stayed in my mind and have expressed themselves through Reels and TikToks instead. I found that those formats are better suited to my mentality, to my temperament, the way that I record, and the way that I prefer to edit and upload. But I learned a lot of things from talking to Sandy, and so much of it happened because of this obligation that I felt towards my new sneaky art insiders. While I'm no longer paywalling content, this year and next year, I am excited to chase that same feeling in different ways to achieve several other goals with my Sneaky Art Insiders. My writing goals this year and next year include making my next book of sneaky art, for which insiders get early access in exchange for good constructive feedback. As an artist, I'm giving away art this year, both originals and prints and also my books. So every month, insiders participate in giveaways that I do on my substack. And thanks to them, I am able to send sneaky art all over the world. This month, for example, I'm mailing postcards to insiders with tiny stories from my different sketch sessions. Insiders also help me make a better podcast. I get feedback from them all the time, and I take recommendations for future guests, as well as offer them front-row seats to all my audio experiments as I figure out this podcasting business. Earlier this summer, I shared with them my first outdoor recording. That episode releases next month. If you love what I do, if you want to help me keep doing it, consider becoming a Sneaky Art Insider. Find the link in the episode description to my other insider content and a chance to sign up. If you're listening to me right now and you haven't already switched to something else, maybe you can help me reach my year-end goals. My year-end goal was to have 200 sneaky art insiders and I'm just about 75% of the way there. As an independent artist, writer and podcaster, I am looking for the committed fans whose support allows me to do all the things that I want to do. If our priorities align, I invite you to support this show. Thank you for listening and I'm eager to see you in the next one.